This is Hardy White. I'm talking to you tonight. I'm trying to do a new intro. <laughs> Welcome to Miracle Nutrition. I was suppressing a cough. I added that too, and I decided to keep it because it felt real, like this show. Miracle Nutrition is real, if nothing else. Am I Hardy White real? Well, that's debatable. But I'm as real as anything. Oh my goodness, and I want to be real with you. Or as they say in Spanish, real. Which is a different word. Oh! Well, hello, friends. Uh, I'm Hardy White. Psychologists would have a field day with the fact that I paused before I said my name, but I wanted to make sure I got it right. I'm Hardy White. Yes, I am. I have to think about it for a moment, but that's who I am. And uh, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, and even for the first ones of you, first ones of you, you have listened now for a good 30 seconds or so. And so you probably have a good idea what this show is about. But for those who have listened to multiple hours, God bless you, you know that I have two very close friends that often contribute to the show. Uh, one is my friend, Butch Spinoza, and the other is my friend, uh, Lewis or Lou Register. And today, I would like to, to interview Lou. And I have never done that before. I may have and forgotten, but... Today, I'm just going to talk to my friend, Lou. And you say, well, that I don't know if that's interesting or not. Here we go. Oh, my goodness. You know, everything that we do here at this radio station, WFMU, is sort of experimental. And you know from some experiments, they catch fire and others explode. I don't know if either one can be spun to be positive, can it? But uh, some of them, I guess, just emit an odor. You know, there's that's possible, too. If you've been in a high school near a science lab where something has gone terribly wrong in the sulfur department, and only the big urban uh, high schools have a sulfur department, but in the chemistry department, rather, with a sulfur, in the area of sulfur things that you would make with sulfur, I would love to have a book like that. would be a good cookbook, Things to Make with Sulfur. And they may have one for, like, every... One, every element is what they call them, of the periodic table. And then come out with them every so often, because that's what periodic means. Like, like a periodical. Magazines used to be called that. Everything had a, like, a, you know, a stereoptical, a periodical, and everything like that. They'd add more syllables to it back then. People have gotten lazier. They go, you know, so lazy they don't even have magazines. They say, oh, we shortened it to mag or something. Now we don't even have them. Zine, that's what they did. They shortened it to zine, and then they got rid of it altogether. I don't blame them. Hey, we got, what a busy world we live in. So let's get right to uh, talking to Lou. Lou, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. All right. Can you hear yourself? Oh, no. Oh, my God. What did I imply? No, no, no. I mean, literally, can you hear your voice in the headphones? Oh, yeah, I'm good to go. All right, so let me introduce you. Uh, this is my friend, Lou. Yeah, I think you've said it, said it all. I want to warn everybody before we get started that I don't know why you're interviewing me because I don't think I'm particularly interesting. Oh, well, let's let the audience be the judge of that. I'm very much opposed to that. That feels like a recipe for disaster. I'm going to let people I don't know, who I'm sure are good meaning... Uh, or well, is it well-meaning or good-meaning? I don't know. Is it adjective or adverb? Hmm. Anyway, those people would judge whether I'm interesting or not. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. That is kind of fraught. So I'm just going to say stuff. Some of it lies uh, in hopes that I'm interesting. That's right. You be entertaining. You can't really lose there. I can see why people lie about themselves because there's such pressure uh, to be an interesting person. Yeah, well, I mean, that sort of makes sense. Yeah. You don't go to a party and remember somebody if they're boring. Oh, wait, 
You totally do. I remember somebody at a party that was so boring that I remember them better than the most charming person at that party. Yeah, I guess it's just the different ways to get people's attention and to, to hold it. And one is to just give them some suffering on a small scale, the, the, the kind you can't escape, well, the social kind. Yeah, or if your friend says, I'd like to interview you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, Lou, but I really do think you are an interesting person. You lend an aspect to the show that it would not have if it was just me and Butchie. Oh, no. You can't just have Butchie and somebody for very long. It's just going to be Butchie. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like that, that riddle where you've got a boat and you've got to take, I don't know, these things that eat each other back and forth with a bag of grain. Oh, right, right. And you got to know which one to take when so they don't eat each other or your grain. Mm. So the guy who met a pieman? Yeah. Going to the fair? Yeah. He got eaten. Oh, no. Yep. By the pieman. Oh, that's gruesome. Yeah, those old fairy tales and riddles and stuff you learn. Some of them were really macabre. I remember that. I remember that people were, like, uh, imprisoning each other in pumpkins and um, turning each other into to pies or tarts or something like that or baking animals into, into things. So, yeah, I remember. I don't know if that's supposed to scare you away uh, from something. Yeah, a lot of those stories are cautionary for children, like just teaching children, hey, don't eat anything that's been baked. Right, right. I, I agree. So okay, let's get back to it. I want you, Lou, to tell me something of your history. My history? The one I'm writing about ancient Mesopotamia? No, no, no. no. Not the book you're writing. Not that history. Your personal history. Oh, like your backstory. Your biography. Oh, where you were born? Oh, well, here's the thing. I don't want to dodge a question, but uh, like everyone listening, I am a created being. It's just that uh, I'm sitting next to my creator, and I don't frankly remember everything about my life. And some of it has not been, you know, what I'd call super fleshed out. So my memories, they're kind of vague. Oh. So you're saying that I haven't written a consistent sort of origin story for you. Mm, not really. You implied that I was like created in some kind of voodoo ceremony from a sock. Oh, what did I? I don't know. See? Oh, in my head, you're from uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I don't know why. Do I have, is this a Jacksonville accent? No, I don't think so. But I mean, it's a city. It's a port. So it could be people from all over. You could be from Atlantis. Oh, can we do that one? Yeah, I don't see why not. I would love to be from Atlantis. What part? Well, I don't, I don't even know. How would I know what part? I had a friend who was so into aliens, he could tell you the different kinds, like species and subspecies. Wow, that's pretty good. Yep. You can do a lot with a little information. I guess you can. I guess you can. So I'm not going to give you a whole lot of information. All right. I will tell you why I'm named Lewis Register. Oh, I think everybody would like to know that. Would everyone like to know that? They can't answer back, man. I know. I don't know why I said that. It's like condescending. It's old children's radio and TV people used to do. And I used to, I just assumed that my TV did not have a microphone like other, like rich people's did or something. So they'd say, you know, can, I, maybe it was the romper room lady, was, you know, can you hear me or something like that. And you know, I'm, I imagine that children really in the age of Blue's Clues, he was, you know, asking questions and you're supposed to answer. And then I think he implied that he heard you. And we'll have to ask Steve. He went on to do psychedelic music and everything. But... Uh, uh, um, you know, can you see where, where is it? Where's the thing? Where's, where's the clue? And I'm remembering this wrong, but I think Columbo used to do that. No, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, he'd go, you know, oh, you, uh, you all at home know who did it? 
Yeah, but they do know who do it because it's an inverted mystery. That's right. You find out. I find that burdensome. You, you turn on Columbo, scene one, you see Jack Cassidy do it. And then, and then that's it. Then you're, I find you're an accessory. I just hoped if, if Columbo ever broke the fourth wall like that and he looked at me, I'd be, fo- I'd, I'd saw myself. I'd say, but I, it was him. It was him. I didn't even know we were going to do it. I just put on the TV. I thought it was mystery night. And I put on the TV and then I saw he killed that guy and he took the painting and made it look like it was the wife. But it wasn't the wife. It was Jack Cassidy. I'm sorry, Columbo. I was trying to deceive you. Oh, my goodness. I'd like to be able to find it out with, I'd like to be the detective's friend. Yeah, the sidekick or something, that, you know, like Mr. Watson. Right, it's Dr. Watson. Is that an honorary or an earned doctorate? Oh, he's a me- I think he's supposed to be a medical doctor. Oh, I see. Is he the one writing the scripts for, uh, for what, for, uh, what's his name? Sherlock Holmes? Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Hmm, that's iffy. I don't think so. I think then you could just get it at the, um, the, they'd say the chemist's. Oh, it wasn't even a farm. It was full-on chemists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could get, like, sulfur compounds. That's so weird that you said that, because we were just talking about... We. My listeners and I were talking about sulfur just now, like stinky, stinky experiments. Oh, man, I've had one of those. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Let's stay on track. Now, let's say you are from Jacksonville. All right, for the sake of discussion. That's how a lot start. I always say that when I'm uh, debating with somebody. We're both, let's agree, we're both from Jacksonville. Right. But neither are, really. Right. But let's just say we are. Let's say we are. So Jacksonville actually used to have an odor. It did. I remember the first time I went there, I thought, what is this? I don't know if it was a pulp, maybe it was a pulp thing, because I remember Perry, Florida has the same, or had, the one got hit by a hurricane. I think the pulp mill's closed in Perry. Oh, thanks for the update. Well, there's the real people's lives and everything. It was the only, it's the biggest thing in Perry. Anyway, moving on. I believe Jacksonville had this, this, this odor. Like a sulfury. Exactly. What is the theme of this uh, show today? It's like the depths of Hades. No, I don't, I don't think so. But smell, smell a radio. It is smell a radio. So let's get back to the interview. I'm sorry. I want to talk to you more about your life and your philosophy and things you do now. We, it has been firmly established that you are, that you work unloading trucks at a, a big box store. Correct. And that you often refer to yourself incorrectly. Debatable. As a stevedore. True. So you say uh, you are, well, let's not debate that right now, whether a stevedore or somebody works on the docks unloading ships. Exactly. And um, that's what I do. But they're land ships. Uh, okay. Often they're the same containers that are on the ships. They're just now tacked onto a tractor trailer. A what? Tractor trailer. <laughs> I like how you say that. Tractor trailer. Tractor trailer. Right. We say it a lot almost. A big rig. Uh, uh, eight, uh, 50, how, how many wheeler? 18 wheeler. I was headed up to 24. How many wheels? It's like those puzzles online or something. How many wheels do you see? Everybody forgets to count. You didn't count the spares. So, yeah, you're right. They're <clears throat> the container's a container's a container. And it's literally the same one on the ship. Precisely. So you're saying that the, the, you're a stevedore, they're a stevedore. Everyone is a stevedore in a way. Aren't we all uh, unloading something or having someone unload on us? Yes, that's true. So maybe we're a dock as well. We are the dock and the stevedore. Yes, I learned that in Gestalt therapy verbatim. Oh, that's very interesting. You have a lot of time to to read? Yep, I do because uh, we're not always unloading things. Sometimes we're tearing open boxes and taking things home. Oh, wait, I don't know if that's, is that really good? Yeah, for the water damage stuff. So I have all these books that are water damaged. But, you know, I don't like to do a lot of reading. And so it's great because only a few pages are preserved. Oh, that's very interesting. Yep. I also have a whole collection of those books they tear the cover off of when they send them back. If you're a bookstore that has paperback books, if they didn't sell, sometimes they tear the cover off of them and send them back. 
Oh, and what becomes of those? Well, I don't, they're good for book burnings. Oh, no. Yeah, you shouldn't burn the actual book you don't like. That's awful. You get these books that nobody wants, and you burn those. Oh, okay. Like romance novels, stuff like that. Oh, nobody wants the romance novels. You could have a whole section of romance novels that someone's Mima wrote. Oh, that'd be lovely. I mean, that's the only thing they wrote. Just that and this biography about growing up in the Appalachians. That's so funny you should say that. I saw a book like that. There was a bookstore in town going out of business. It was an independent bookstore. had a lot of books, and, and they had these sales. And I went to almost the very last one, so it had the most undesirable of books. And there was, this is a great regret, there was this book by someone's Meemaw. In fact, I think that's literally her name. People have unusual surnames. So it was um, someone's Meemaw had written a book about growing up in Kentucky, about Eastern Kentucky or something. You know, they called me string bean and I had, you know, I, I had britches. I don't know. It, it was, they were fun and fun little stories, things that wouldn't be, you know, if you don't have a novel in you, there's great details for a novel. It's just write them. Somebody should write them down. And so she had done a great uh, service to humanity by writing down things that were kind of amusing and, and of, of a time and a place. And I think I thought it was very useful. Now, her family probably cherishes this book like crazy, but they also probably printed too many. So it was there and available for me, and I did not take it. It's like the thing that I most want uh, books to be. And it's the one book I didn't buy. And then I found out <clears throat> that what's his name? Is it Irving Finkel at the uh, British Museum had, uh, helped start this uh, abandoned diary thing where they, people's, you know, I have my grandmothers. They're not abandoned. I checked them. But that's a beautiful thing, too. Yes, it is. If I had a diary, I should have brought it and read from it. Day one, nothing happened today. Uh, Hardy was very uh, curt with me. Oh, you're making that up because you're pausing. You'd be doing it faster. I know, but I'm just saying I wish I had a diary. Oh, you don't keep one? No, sometimes I write down things I need to do after I've done them. Hmm, that is a sort of diary. Exactly. It's a backwards to-do list. So um, write it down on one end. I guess you want to know, I guess if a to-do list has like, uh, you know, a cross outline or an X next to it, then we know it was done. So you just do the to-do list and then indicate whether it actually happened. I remember that they were reading Ronald Reagan's diary. And um, it said, tonight, my friend, you know, I'm just making up the names. All right. Tonight, my friend Tom and Linda came for dinner. And then the next, no, you want to tell it? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You tell it. All right. And then the next night, it said, uh, no, I'm sorry. It was tonight Tom and Linda came for dinner. Oh, uh, so he was just going back and writing it in? See, I don't know. Oh. There's some indication that Reagan might be a time traveler and that he's still around. Oh, that would be, that'd be odd. Yep. He's right now, he's having dinner with Andy Kaufman, who has a table at Rayo's. Oh, that'd be... Does he? Yep. Go in there. Okay. I can't do that, but um, oh, I wonder all the people that we think are dead are not dead, but they are now. I guess their time goes by where you go, oh, the person be 117. There should probably be a special uh, marker, like an anniversary for somebody called if, if they weren't, if they weren't dead they are now day so that we mark like for elvis or uh andy kaufman if they weren't dead they aren't what is it if they weren't dead they are now oh i see so like if i, I don't know if it's on your 120th birthday or something you have that celebration uh, let's see who can we still hold, hold out hope for um i don't know Shecky Green. Shecky Green is, in fact, not dead. Oh, yeah. So some people are, up until a while ago, uh, you know, lots of, see, a lot of celebrities, Larry Storch and all, live to like 100. A lot? Well, not a lot, but the ones who do, do. That's 
profound. It is, it is true, though. I try to say things that are factually correct. And uh, so they live alone. Yeah, some of them are still alive. You'd be surprised. What I like, who else is still alive? Oh, I'm not going to go through a list. Or Dick Van Dyke. Oh, everyone knows that. Do one we don't know. Oh, gosh. How can I do? How, I don't even know what. Name a celebrity over 100. Without looking it up? Without looking it up. Mel, almost Mel Brooks? Okay. But not really. I don't know. Man, I'm sure people are yelling at it at home. My grandma. Someone's saying, I bet. Uh, yeah, but is she a celebrity? Yes. Okay. You'd know her from the thing. Oh, I bet I would. Who is that, may I ask? I'm sorry, that's me. I, I was doing another voice and everything. Oh, if you're not there, it sounds like somebody's with you. Oh, I bet. So. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Well, it's not. It's just me. And then I was like, is that someone else? No, no. I know. Now I'm just kidding you. All right. Um, no, and that was, uh, you know, it's more convincing if you do this. Hey, Hardy. Uh, what is it, nephew? I got a question. If you need to go, man, that's kept. No, 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 no. No, uh, I was just doing a voice, like I said. Oh, wow. Do it again. Hey, Lou. Hey, nephew. How's school? No, man, it's just me doing the... Oh, it tricks me every time. I know. It's When it's radio like that, when you can't have an, any visual clues, it's difficult to know what is real and what is not real. And I remember when I was listening to, I was trying to, going around listening to old radio shows for jokes to steal. And um, I listened to an old Jack Benny, and Jack Benny is a cowboy, and he walks into a bar, and he says, uh, bartender, I'll uh, take two fingers of whiskey. And uh, I know this one. I know you do. And then he says, you know, something like, you know what? It's been a bad day. Fill up the whole glove. And that's a because you can't see it, right? You don't. So two fingers of whiskey usually means that's two fingers high on the, on the glass of, of whiskey. No, I get it. No, I wasn't explaining it to you. I was explaining it to, to listeners. I bet they get it. Well, I don't know. Do people say, like, I'll have two, three fingers of whiskey? Maybe not. Maybe not. Nowadays, they assume the finger was in the whiskey like a worm and tequila. Oh, finger whiskey. Is that why Pappy Van Winkle is so expensive? Is there a human finger in it? Don't say things like that. You know, some states have laws when you can't say anything bad about their products. Like Florida does, you have they have a produce slander law or something like that. So you can't say anything about Florida oranges. And the way I say it like that, so that the robots don't scan the. So if you're going to talk about it, Florida oranges. Yes, I learned it from Larry King. I learned that's how he would say it, but he didn't. He wasn't trying to obfuscate, and I am, because he was sponsored by Florida oranges. And he used to advertise Fleur de just, And it took me a while to figure out what it was. I thought it was like Baby Gold Bond itchy powder. Um, Anti-itching. Anti-itching powder, right. Itching powder is something you get in the back of comic books to make people itch. Oh. And a lot of people don't know it, but it's the same thing. Really? Yeah. So they just it makes you itch, and you think it isn't the powder, and you buy more of it. Oh, man. It's a scam. It's a trick. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> I yeah, I'm sorry, Lou. I digress. I know. I think it's part of your charm. Mm, that's an interesting word for it. Yes. For me, charm means it's a type of incompetence, right? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, for me, charm is a kind of appealing to someone's compassion as a human, as a way of excusing my incompetence. So I'm, I'm basically saying, you know, I'm sorry that I'm bad at everything and ruining everything for everyone, but don't kill me because I'm a human too. Oh, that's charm? I don't know. Well, maybe. I guess it's a type of charm. It seems more like just pleading uh, for your humanity. 
You mean their humanity? Well, you're explaining that you were a human and asking them. Yeah, because that works. You're right. Humans don't. That's not an automatic pass. I always thought that about like Star Wars and everything. They see each other in a in a bar across the universe, and they still hate the other humans. It's like that. All these others. Oh man, what an alien place. I wish I saw some of my own kind. And then you do, and then you try to kill them. So yeah, humans. What treacherous. Treacherous monkey people. We are. We are treacherous monkey people. It's weird that we know it. Do we all know it? I, no, I guess not. They split up the, the, the duties for knowing it. That's terrible. I wish we all knew it a little. That might help mitigate some of the behavior. Yep, it's always the neighbor who doesn't know. Or, you know, or does. Oh, right. Maybe I'm the problem. You could be. But here's, that's why it's great not being a complete person. How are you not a complete person? You say that, you keep putting yourself down. Well, you know, it's the lack of any, is the word corporeal? Oh. Yeah, you don't, so you don't have a, you say because you don't have a body. Yeah, I share one, I have to lease it. Okay. Because of that, you're like, you're somehow, you're not real. Right. Even though you have thoughts and feelings and emotions and memories. Correct. Yeah, okay. Well, I don't know if I believe that. Because I would, I would say that there are people with bodies who remember less about themselves or are, are less uh, articulate or, or, you know, are almost less alive. Well, thank you for saying so. Uh, but I don't think I do have a body. Now, there has been fan speculation. All right. Well, now, we don't use that word here. We say listeners because we don't want to make any kind of assumptions about how much they uh, like or support the radio show. Oh. So fan means, I don't want to call you out or anything, but fan, I think it's short for, like, fanatic or anything, and it does imply. I know what the source of this is. I know you do. It does imply that the person is, you know, sort of wild about you. And if that could be inaccurate. Tell the story. All right. Well, one, uh, I was in a band and a friend said, hey, I met this person and he's a fan of our band. And, and the fellow said, not a fan like that. And I said, oh, all right. He's from our, our hometown. Something like that. You know, he was like clarified that he knew the name, which is great. You know, sometimes that's. So, yes, you're right. I guess so. The word is, for me, is uh, scary. I don't want to use that. So I just say listener, because even if somebody is hostile towards us, listener is still accurate. Aren't we all listeners? No. If we meet in the broad sense, do we comprehend? But not everybody can hear this show. And I don't know if there's a way to get it, you know, transcribed so that uh, people with hearing impairments could hear it. I, I hear you. Do you hear me? And um, so that'd be, that'd be lovely. So, you know, not only can no one see us, there's some that cannot hear, and even those uh, who can hear may think it's stinky and have moved on. I understand. Oh, that's good. So uh, where were we? Let's talk more about you think. You say there's fan theories. Yes, there's fan theories about whether I have a body, what do I look like? Okay. What are some of them? Well, one is that I'm your dog. Oh. What's the evidence of that? Well, um, you know your dog Orwell. Yeah. Sometimes, and I'm not saying always, but sometimes when you do like an Orwell voice, it's me. Oh. That's a lot. See, okay. I'm going to, in my defense, here's you're not my dog. I know. I know, but I'm just telling everybody else. But this is why. Sometimes when you a voice character or characterization is, can be based on someone else. Right? Like, uh, or a whole character. The Martin Short, Jiminy Glick character is based on a real person. And if you hear the real person, you go, oh, good Lord. That's how that person speaks. But even uh, like old cartoon voices, you know, I've talked about this before. Let's say uh, Dudley Do-Right's 
uh, Colonel is based on the old British character actor Eric Blore. And uh, it's, but it's Paul Freese doing it. So that's, that's, man, you're like a, a voice actor nerd. I am, uh, I am kind of, because I'm interested in it. And yet, and yet it's not something I ever really did with my life. Yet, I think you're going to have a career when your voice starts to get shaky and elderly. All right. Because they need authentic old people voices. All right, okay. Like that lady on Adventure Time. All right, now. She's dead, so maybe they need another shaky old person voice. No, the show's off. It's all good, and I think I still sound pretty young. All right. All right. So, let's, uh, you're you're not my dog, and yes, I do, sometimes when I'm, you know, Orwell has your voice. You know, it's time to feed me. Yes, exactly. Was that you or me? I don't, I honestly don't know. But let's not bring him into the conversation. And uh, my now my other dog, when I do a voice, I don't base that on anything. So my uh, my other dog, Cookie, Cookie is um, that's a good way to put it. She's got a she's kind of a medium sized dog, but she's a lot of breeds mixed up, and the the tiniest breed that she is, proportionately, she has that brain. So she's fun. But she's kind of goofy, and uh, I believe does not think straight, and so she doesn't really make any sense when she talks. I'm not going to do her. She just says like, eh, and then hello or something like that to mean it's time to go out. But um, are you done? I'm so <laughs> I'm done. So back to me. Do I have a body? No. All right. Then how am I a person? Um, well, let's, let's talk about identity and everything. Do you, do you need a body? There are bodies that aren't people. Mm. Are there? Like, let's say it's a mummy. All right. So it's not still an active person. Uh, is it? Mm, No, I guess not. So, uh, and so there's a body on earth, let's say in a museum, a mummy in a museum, and you are. A disembodied soul. So, it evens out. Oh, I get it. Yeah, so why not? You're you're alive and don't have a body. Should I get inside the mummy? No, that would be terrifying. Don't do that. Do you think that... What if uh, disembodied souls were allowed to, you know, get inside an unused body that's still sticking around? So I guess it'd be mainly mummies and those exhibits at those horrible... You know, where they've uh, taken the skin off of somebody and replaced it with lucite or something. They got them posed, throwing a frisbee. But if they're not being used, maybe something could get in them and, and animate them, a ghost or something. I would choose Jeremy Bentham. Yeah, but he's not one piece. He's just with the head or the body. I don't even think they're in the same place. Well, just the head would be fun. Yeah. I wouldn't want a shriveled up mummy body anyway. Yeah. The head, you could at least scare kids. That's true. So you just want to, you would, would you get in, what if it was like a skull or like a Halloween foam skull? Would you get in that? Mm, Probably not. Okay. What about a giant yard skeleton? Would you animate that? Mm, No. All right. So you have a line. It's got to look like a person. Okay. Or a cool animal. Oh, a cool animal. Like a terror bird. Well, I don't know if there's any of those around. What about a museum, something that's been mocked up in a museum? Like a, what? Like a, I don't know, like a, a mannequin of a Neanderthal or uh, maybe a primitive human species. All right. You would do that? Yep, like some kind of hominoid from a gazillion years ago? Yes. I might could do that. All right. That'd be fun. I could see you as like a like a caveman. Hmm. That didn't work. Oh yeah, right. When they did, well, who makes a TV series out of an ad campaign? That seems like they were going. They should have done that with that. Where's the beef, Clara Peller? Let's just, let's ask Clara or something with the. You know, Where's the beef? 
let's give her a TV series, you know, and every week it's just the same, you know, uh, she's, um, uh, she's a newspaper editor, you know, I've got this idea for, uh, uh, an article, uh, what do you think? Where's the beef? Oh, you know, go ask Clara. And then, um, she'd be all sorts of, be a judge, you know, and, and that, and that's the case, judge. Where's the beef? And everybody laughs and everything. And she passed away. But um, that would have been a, oh, a fine series based on the ad campaign. But not the, the caveman one. I don't think so. And I'm trying to think of anything else. I'm glad they don't do it very often because people would object to it. They'd say, this is too much. You know, we enjoyed Charles Nelson Riley as the big banana talking to the children going, <laughs> But then if like if every week it's just him dressed as a banana, you know, saying people need pens. I'm not going to do the voice because I don't want you to shoot me. All right, man, this is you're really on a roll. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I just wanted to talk about uh, identity. You're talking about Charles Nelson Riley dressed as a banana. All right. That's identity. Uh, I don't know. You'd be a fun philosophy professor. Yeah, right. Because I'd have uh, all those cool stories. No, because you'd be lying about your your qualifications. Oh, I guess, is that fun? Yeah, people love charlatans and all oh, those people who pretend to be doctors or pilots. That's It's what an honor to be flying on a plane with somebody who's uh, an imposter pilot. Yep, you could do that nowadays with the technology. Oh, maybe. That's a good goal for kids. You ought to, hey, you ought to do it and film it on TikTok. Yeah, oh, Boy, that would be that would be fantastic. You'd be world famous. Mm. Like Psy. Oh, the Gangnam Style guy? Yep. He did that. No, I don't think he did that. He just had a song. I think that's the way to do it. Don't, like, you know, pretend you're a pilot. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not big on pranking people. I don't like it either. Yep. Uh, we're agreed. I'm glad. Even, you know, what's remarkable, and I know he's talked to you about, even Butchie doesn't like it. Oh, I know. I thought that he'd be like a prankster. No, he doesn't like it. It it uh, it violates his sense of justice, I think. Also, you know, you don't know who you're scaring. If you're scaring a stranger or something like that, you don't know that person's plight. And you can say that Butchie's a lot of things, but he's also like, you know, kind of... What's the word? Hyper-moralistic or something like that. He has a very clear-cut sense of justice. Clear-cut, yeah. And he doesn't object to certain human emotions that we find objectionable? Yes. Oh, that's such a lovely way of putting it. I try to understand him. I know. It's hard. I know. And frustrating. Agreed. And, uh, And it makes me doubt myself. I know. I know he gets inside your head. And why are we talking about him? He's one of those people that you talk about when they're not there. I know, right? Because he's such a presence. There's always somebody like that. I don't want to be that person at work, though. Oh, right? Like, everybody gets together except, like, tea. And then we're all, everybody talks about tea. Oh, yeah, I know. And I'm thinking, you know, if this person is such a big part of your life, why aren't they here? Exactly. Then you could be emotionally abusing them to their face. How fun. You're right. I just, it's a, is it a scapegoat thing? I always think that when it's a work thing, that it's like everybody is miserable. So they're thinking, you know, I'm so miserable. I hate it here. At least I'm not. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Lou. No. It is. It's true, though. Is it? Yeah. I don't think they like me at work. Well, why is it? Um, I'm not ever late. Oh, one of them. Yeah, and I really, really like unloading boxes, so I'm always the first one out there, and I I do the most. Oh, Lou, why didn't you come talk to me? I'm sorry. I didn't think I was... I'm not trying to be a goody two-shoes or anything. I'm not trying to suck up to the boss. The boss hates me, too. It's just that I really like to be busy. I know, but, like, you see other people's perspective. It, It makes them look bad. And if you say the boss doesn't like you, then then it makes them look like they're lazier than the guy the boss hates. Mm-hmm. So maybe you could just 
just dial it back a little. I bet I'm get. I bet I get fired. No, I bet I do. Okay, I bet you anything that I do. All right. Because not being lazy is like my only redeeming quality. All right, I see that. I understand. Also, you had me. I think part of my backstory was I was taking care of my brother or something. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea that often, you know, it's one thing that someone's job means uh, uh, the, their, their means of subsistence. But oftentimes, people are caretakers. And we don't realize that they're caring for others, either uh, children or other people or somebody they love or somebody that maybe can't care for themselves. And so we're so cavalier about people. So I'm going to get that person fired. Getting fired could mean that everything collapses, all this good. You could undo a tremendous amount of good in the world by being vindictive and getting somebody to lose their job. You know, this you're fired, you're fired kind of thing. As if we can just waltz off and, and get some other means. You know, if it's interrupted for even a little while, it can be disastrous. Yes, and so I try to keep my job. All right, so don't listen to me then. You do what you need to do. I understand that. All right, here's something that could happen. What? What? Why don't you become a success? All right. You could get paid. by Okay, by whom? By the boss. <laughs> what boss? I don't think so. I don't think so. I guess so. And then I wouldn't have to work so hard. Okay, all right. No, you're now you're making. I'm I'm interviewing you, sir. So I'm just fooling you. I know, I know, but you know how it is. I don't mind supporting you and Butchie. I I know you make it. That is really awkward. You make it sound, you know, like we're sponging off of you or something. Oh, no. No. You know, I know that you don't feel that way. We just feel, I know the Butchie doesn't feel guilty. Oh, no, no. But I do a little bit. Oh, no, you shouldn't. I understand. You bring something less tangible to this situation. Oh, all right. What's that? You, um, you're super good about making the coffee. I am. You are, and I appreciate it. Well, thank you. It's no small thing. I need it when I need it, and it's there because you made it. Ah, all right. And sometimes it's not coffee, and it doesn't have to be coffee. It's just water in an old carafe. That's true, because it's just a sound effect. Exactly. So I've made, let's say I've made full, wonderful breakfasts for you. You have, though. I have. So I think that's great. Oh, a friendship is good. It is, especially if you decide you're not going to hate each other ahead of time. What does that mean? Well, I mean, you know, just decide that failure's not an option. Okay. And also, you know, and no suffering. Ah. What you do to the other person, you do to yourself. I see. So it's like you're getting in a small tub of water together exactly so don't do anything in that tub of water that you don't want on you precisely and you got to agree to both have it on you all right and there's a lot of things that we throw on each other that we don't want on ourselves this is very true and so that's what we're in we're, we're um how would you put it i would say friendship you're soaking in it Oh, that's very nice. So it's like, it's like dishwashing detergent, but less astringent. Dishwashing detergent is not astringent. That's the whole point, that it's very mild. You're right. What's an astringent detergent? Um, laundry. Laundry detergent, a little bit. Ah. So. Back to the interview. Back to the interview. Listen, oh, oh you know what? I just want to real super quickly. The Hellraiser. The Hellraiser. Yeah. So we, uh, in October, we... WFMU. WFMU. Not we, you and I. No. WFMU, we have something we call Hellraiser. So it's like a fundraiser, but the fund is hell. 
Well, that's an expression to Hellraiser. Exactly. It's supposed to be edgy. We're all edgy and stuff. All right. Yeah. We had a billboard with Manson on it. That is. That's that's great. Then we had one that had a... Uh, it was a graphic depiction of a murder. No, I don't think we had... We were gonna... I don't think we were gonna have that. But... Um, that would have gotten people's attention. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Like a stink bomb. Like a stink bomb. WFMU, we're sulfury. So let me get back to real quick, because we're not supposed to talk about it for more than a, a, a minute or so. Um, and that is this, this uh, Hellraiser's like, so it's not like the marathon, which, as you can tell by the definition, goes on and on and on. But this one's just kind of a, it used to be called the silent fundraiser. Back in the day, it used to be called that. And we'd do fun things, like we'd do like, Old, you know, we'd say things like the sign fun was to like to quote Charlie Chaplin, and then you don't, you don't say anything. But this one uh, is called Hellraiser now. So just kick in some money to this wonderful radio station, WFMU, and you can do that and give it like say it's because of Hardy White. Otherwise, so I always make a note say uh, WFMU Hardy White. The rest, and then you can write in just like the rest. The rest is rubbish. No, don't write that in. Write in, um, like, yeah, he's my favorite, though. It's all awesome, but he's the awesomest. Exactly. Making the other look like rubbish comparatively. No, no. Why are you saying rubbish? Because I'm getting ready to go to England. Are you really? That's amazing. Are you going to record anything while you're there? You tell me. I don't know. I'm, I'm you know, who knows? Who knows? I'd like to. I'd like to walk around London and just recording my opinion because I think people would be interested in that. Yeah. No. That you have the same mindset as loony people who scream in cities. You're right. Like everyone is interested in what I'm thinking. Yep. I guess that is about. That is kind of the same. And uh, so I guess I won't do that. But I'll go and I'll have experiences and I'll let them wash over me, like. Uh, like something. Lotion. Lotion. I'll let the lotion of London rub into my skin or something like that. I don't know. So you're going to have good... Uh, <laughs> say it. Say it. I know what you're going to do. You're going to make a pun, aren't you? I was going to. What was the pun going to be? Well, the punchline was going to be good Thames. Ah. And it was going to be what? Well, it was going to be like a J.J. Walker thing. Okay. But now you've blown it. I, I have not blown it. You are the one that said the punchline before you went ahead and made the joke. Because it's a pun and you said you don't like them. I never said that. I did and I didn't say that. Well, you like them or you don't. No. No. It's just sometimes they're inappropriate. Like if you're trying to have a serious discussion with somebody and they start getting that smirk on their face like a baby does when it's got gas and it's pooing itself or something. And, and you know they're about to pun. They're about to squeeze out a pun. And they're not paying attention to what you're saying. They're going, you mean, you know, and then you, you've done that to me. I, I have. Guilty. So um, that's all. It's not that I don't like puns. I think they're fine. So I just, it depends when, right? Right. Okay. So I'm resisting the urge. Resist it complete, completely and utterly. Don't, don't. We're going to do other forms of humor. What kind? The kind that don't work. No. No. Anti-humor. It's a thing. That's a real thing. Anti-humor like Andy Kaufman. Exactly. I almost did this thing where I, I was just taking a sip of water. I saw that. Excuse me? I saw that. Okay. And, um, and it was because of you. And I thought you were going to say something while I was sipping water. Yeah, it's not that kind of act. <laughs> no, it isn't. It isn't. The aristocrats. You almost said cats. I know. Boy, that'd be a good way to really wreck that joke. It would. And I've almost done that because of the Disney movie, The Aristocats. And then there's the joke, the punchline of which is the, the aristocrats. Exactly. So there's nothing like getting through a really creative version of that joke. And then saying... They're called the Aristocats. Exactly. Making, rendering you, you know, 
uh, you'd explode, wouldn't you? Something like that. That's why I don't do comedy. Yeah. Never intentionally. I'd rather be laughed at than with. Oh. It's less burdensome. Uh, agreed. I know. So you'd rather be a clown. Excuse me? Isn't that more a clown? Aren't they laughing at the clown and not with the clown? It depends on the kind of clown. Yeah, all right. So what kind of clown do they are they laughing with? Mime. What? Mimes, they're like silent bully clowns. What do you mean? Like when you're out in the crowd, they'll be like walking behind somebody pretending to do something to them, and you're laughing at that because they're like silently bullying that person, like Robin Williams. Oh, all right. And so, uh, and that's a mime. That's interesting. Yeah, so you're not really laughing at them. Okay. But then what about the kind of clown that gets like a pie in the face? You're laughing at them. All right. And then who are you laughing with? Almost all the other ones then? I don't know. That's weird. Who's somebody that you, you would be laughing with and at at the same time? Oh, like Mitch Hedberg. Oh, that's a good, oh, yeah, that, that's a good one. Exactly. So you're laughing at the joke, which is exquisitely crafted, and then your his bizarre delivery, and so you're laughing at him uh, because he's an interesting, quirky character. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I love it when you take something really basic like comedy and then you say why it's funny. You know, Freud did that. He actually wrote a whole book. In, I forget what it's called, but it's something like really dry, like, you know, why S is funny, why stuff is funny. And uh, the book isn't. Exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Why we laugh, why we think something is funny. I laughed at your show so much, Hardy. I love when people say that. And I think, how can I do that again? And But I don't know what they laughed at or what, you know, whether it was a, what was it exactly that I said? And uh, I know, I know that you must think it has something to do with flatulence. No, no. Or, or bodily functions. No, I don't make that many potty jokes or anything. But that seems like a go-to, if you pardon the pun. Oh, a very subtle pun. Maybe I don't know. You know, I don't know how to how to how to make a joke. Things strike me funny, and then because I just never have a notebook, I don't know what to do about that. So I I basically do nothing, and then people say, "Hey, you know, um, either you do uh, like a, a three minute stand up routine, or I'll take your life." So if that comes up, I'm doomed. And I'm trying to think if I know any jokes offhand. Oh, I know one. All right. You tell it then. Well, it's not so much a joke as an observation. All right. So, you know, at Passover, how you say Dianu? Yeah. Like, that would be enough. Like, you deliver us out of Egypt, Dianu. Right. Like, that's enough. Not like that's enough. Stop it. I know what you mean. Like, that's that would suffice. If, if that was the only nice thing you did for me, man, that'd be, that'd be enough. Exactly. That ain't you. Right. And then, you know that joke about the grandma? Uh, at the beach? Yeah. You want me to tell it? Go ahead. So the grandma's standing at the beach with the, uh, her, her grandson, and a big old wave comes and grabs him and pulls him out to sea. And she looks up to the Lord and she says, oh Lord, please bring me back my grandson. And the next thing that happens is a big wave pushes him back onto the shore, all dry and sound. And she looks up to the heavens and she said, he had a hat. Exactly. So that implies that the miracle of saving the grandson was not sufficient. Exactly that, you know, and Where's the damn hat? I didn't want just to, you know, I want him like he was. Precisely. So the opposite of Dianu is he had a hat. Exactly. Well, what's your point? The point is that I am going to write a theological treatise called The Opposite of Dianu is He Had a Hat. That's really nice. Does it have a, like a subhead, like your subheading? Is it like colon, blah, 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 blah? Colon, blah, 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 blah. Uh, no, I mean the punctuation, colon. 
Oh, no, that's the whole title. It's pretty long. It is. It is. It's 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 a uh, fearless vampire killers or pardon me, but your teeth are in my neck long. It is. Is it? Is there? Would you get it out? All right. Would you say a good long, a long title is good and more memorable, or a short one? For what? For anything. For a song or for a. The worst is everything in between. I agree. They're the ones I can't remember. Uh, agreed. So, but like Tusk? Oh, yeah. That's a Fleetwood Mac song. That's just one word. Well, there's lots. I'm not even going to go through. This is WFMU. Are you doing the... No, I'm not. I thought, you were... I thought you were doing the station ID. No, I just meant this is WFMU. Are you going to say East Orange? No, 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 no. They have long lists of songs. You can see all the songs that are just one word. Gosh, stop interrupting me. You don't know what I'm going to say. I do, though, but you don't. That's the remarkable thing. You could be, and you are, in my brain, and you still don't know what's going on in other parts of it. I mean, you know how people in the same house don't always know what somebody else is doing. Yep, like when the police come and they go, does Butchie Spinoza live here? And, and you go, yeah, oh my God, what did he do? Yeah, because you genuinely don't know what Butchie did because it, it could be a lot of stuff. It's genuinely stealing the time machine oriented. You're right. He either goes into the future and does something or into the past. Oh my gosh, Lou, we're nearing the end of the hour. I want to thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. I really... I. I, uh, I've always wanted to just talk to you. You are such an important part of my life. You are so uh, gentle and, and thoughtful, and I love it. And you have a, a good balance between being uh, self-confident and self-deprecating. I think you're never too hard on yourself, but you certainly are, are wonderfully modest, and I, I aspire towards uh, that, and you're always kind, and you're a peacemaker. And uh, I just uh, really wanted to tell you that I appreciate you, and I'm glad you uh, live here uh, with me and Butchie, and that we can share you with all our friends. Oh my God! You're gonna? Are you trying to make me cry? No. This is like the Robin Williams movie where his wife dies. No. Why is that? Why? That's twice you've mentioned him. Or was it you? I know, but like. So, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be sentimental. No, it was lovely. Thanks, man. I'm glad you're my friend. I would just, that would have sufficed, right? Exactly. Yeah, but I just want to be, it's the radio, so you got to have, you got to use more words than are necessary. Is that right? I think people prefer DJs who are brief. All right. I guess you're right. Economy of words, of language. Economy. What, false economy. False economy. That's when you try to... The first I ever heard that is a carpenter yelled at me. I was working with somebody, and they wanted me to change my sandpaper because they said it was false economy that I was using the sandpaper after it had, its effectiveness had subsided. You hear me? He said, you think you're saving sandpaper, but really you're having going to have to go and do it again because you're using a piece that doesn't really do anything anymore. All right. I'm sorry, Lou. Man, you really, you ought to get some kind of focus lessons. I, I really should. Oh, thank you so much for being with me. And thank you all friends at home. Uh, this is amazing. Uh, just a little another reminder for the Hellraiser. And um, thank you so much. You were listening to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White on WFMU East Orange. WMFU Mount Hope 91.9 in Rockland County and New York City. New York and online at WFMU.org worldwide. Freeform radio, the way that I thought that's a damn sense. And that everybody else who said it, it could have brought it back to the way that it had been before. And that is not at Sarican times or at every camps. That is something that everybody's had brought it and has laid it down every time. The exquisite way that it is brought before us until now. And so I hope that I did that correctly. I know that they say uh, that's the way to do it. But that's the first time I've done the, in that you've just heard the entire station ID. 
uh, includes the double speak. And sometimes I do it better than that. It's like prayer. All right, friends, thank you so much for being with me, and I will see you again next week. https colon forward slash forward slash wfmu.org enter https colon forward slash forward slash wfmu.org into your browser's query field that's correct a listener just like yourself can use an internet just like your own to sustain this 24-hour transmission please donate today https colon forward slash forward slash wfmu.org one half scroll downward click the words pledge now from there i will leave it to the spirit to guide you dearest listener my dear generous intelligent listener october is come october is come the hellraiser in its sidebar donates today
Thank <laughs> you.